this is another Rocker Mike and Rob present the legendary living legend, Sonny Vincent, on his new album. How you doing, hey. buddy? I'm doing Retur- great. Re- returning guest. Welcome back. Returning guest. Yeah, thank you. Okay. So, Sonny, you've got a new album coming out soon, and we're all excited for you. Uh, it's called Snake Pit Therapy. It's out on, uh, now I'm going to pronounce this hopefully right, Svart Records Perfect. or Svart or uh, what is it? Svart, like you said Svart. first. That, that's Svart, the label. yeah. It's I know they're a label from Finland, right? Finland. Okay, cool, cool. So uh, I believe the album is coming out in September, is that correct? Yeah, it's going to be released in September. And um, they've got a few video singles staggered, you know, like three before the release. Three. It's like the the 17th of September, and you got um, right now the one that's out is the end of the light. Very good video. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, I think think it's fantastic. Best song I heard all year from anybody, new band, you know, anything. Oh, man. I can't wait till you hear the rest. Yeah. So who do you got playing with you on this album? I know uh, Paul Blackheart is on it. I'm very excited to hear that. Yeah, Paul, he used to play with a couple of groups from back in the day. Um, one was Corpse Grinders, mm-hmm. and Arthur Kane had been in and out of the Corpse Grinders for a while. And uh, yeah, Paul plays drums on most of it. Um, a guy from Germany plays on two songs, a drummer, wow. and um, then a friend of mine, Bobby Breton, um, from LA who did some tours with me plays on another song but it's it's mostly Paul on drums and and different people you know playing instruments okay cool how long have you been working on this I worked on it for well it's kind of an interesting story because um, years ago I went to Florida where Paul lives and we we did some recording and um, went into a studio like a like a vintage um, you know, like a studio that was digital, it was analog, and it analog, was a place right. where, yeah, a place where the Black Crows recorded. So it was recommended to us. Wow, right. There, and I was living in Germany, and so I went to Florida, and recorded an album with Paul, and then went back to Germany, and uh, then, uh, you know, I figured, well, okay, I'll finish up some of the lyrics, and stuff, and then I'll go back to Florida and and do the vocals. But what happened was the lineup I was using in Europe, one of the guys had a studio. It was a lot easier for me to just make new stuff and go to his studio down the street than fly all the way to, you know, Miami to do vocal. So basically that stuff stayed in the can, as they say, for a long time. And during COVID, I contacted Paul and said, hey, do we still have the the stems, the individual tracks for all the stuff we recorded? So he did. And that was kind of a lifesaver because, you know, during the whole lockdown process, I I just built up the songs and, um, you know, and and made them, you know, made them work. Right. Right. That's great. He kept he kept all that stuff intact, you know, that was funny. I need to ask you about two record titles on this album. Sure. Japan Morpho. And the rain is black again. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, the rain the rain is black again is, is just kind of a kind of a a bit dark, you know, a bit depressing kind of a song. And uh Japan Mofo is um different. That is kind of a 
kind of a happy song. And I started the lyrics on that one and it was kind of like old school mentality where, you know, a guy sees a girl and he's going, yo, you know, who are you? You know? And I thought, Ooh, these days, you know, a guy like flirting and, you know, talking to a girl like, you know, might be looked down upon. So I just kind of flipped the script. And so that song goes, you know, I saw you checking me out. <laughs> you know, so it, I it, love it, that title. The title's great. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's kind. It's kind of like a like an anti Me Too song, or is it? Is it no, no. It, it, it's actually in support of Me Too. <laughs> it's just like I'm I'm walking downtown and the girls checking me out, and I'm getting like you know we're getting like a good connection, and I'm going. You can hear my heartbeat from here to Japan, you know, and so <laughs> that's where the Japan part comes in. <laughs> Hey, and don't that, let Bill Cosby hear this, so he might get excited. Yeah, I hear you. No, it, it's a it's a pretty uh, politically correct song. So, no worries. Hey, what about like what about the uh, what what about the track Whip Tree? Oh my goodness, it's funny you ask about that because when we recorded that, that was one where I did the vocals when I, when I was in Florida, and Paul was going, "Tony, what the hell is this song about?" You know, <laughs> it's like. Um, you know, it's very, um, it's very brutal. It's almost like, it's almost like biblical in its, uh, kind of, yeah. It, like when I was a kid, lived in Westchester and right. at the end of our street was a very big old willow tree. And my cousins lived down the street and a couple of friends and we had this, this small kind of, you know, posse. And I don't know where we came up with the idea, but one day we got up in the willow tree we all broke off branches and stripped the leaves. So we had whips. And the game oh. was that we're all on branches and holding our place. And uh, we whipped each other. And whoever was left in the tree was like the king, you know, won the yeah, game. You won. And the problem was the we didn't expect the game to, to go so crazy because at first, you know, you're all in your spot in the tree and you got your whip. And then, you know, you kind of in a fey way whip you know, yeah. somebody near you and they go, hey, and then. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. Hello? Hello? Sonny? Yeah, he's still connected. Yeah. Okay. Same Hello, Sonny? Sonny, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Oh, okay. yeah. What okay. happened? <laughs> Colin interrupted our feed. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So what would happen was, um, like someone would whip somebody either by accident on purpose a little bit hard. And then that person would get pissed, you know? So sure. at, you know, suddenly you're whipping on the neck and the face and kids are going furious. And there's this kind of brutal kind of primal Brawl going on. Yeah. Whipping in the tree and kids are falling out of the tree and stuff. And so um, by the end of the game, you know, people have been, you know, they, they have welts across their face and on their back. And they're <laughs> to each other. For months after that and so it, and, it sounds you know, like I, a, a it sounds like a bottle rocket fight i had when i was a kid one time <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was it was pretty brutal and so that's you know the the premise of the song whip tree that's cool that's cool how now, did you get the title for this uh album it's a great title i love the whole snake therapy it sounds like yeah um paul, paul came up with that paul we were just talking about album titles and i don't even know if he said 
this would be applicable for an album title. I just, he mentioned snake pit therapy, or maybe it was to do, and I said, Oh, that's awesome. Let's use that. I, I like the idea of it. And um, the snake pit therapy was um, like in former times when they, uh, when they did weird um, psychological yeah. stuff in like, you I was know, thinking of the Barbara Stanwyck movie when I, when I first saw it. Oh, well, well, the, the, the Barbara, the old Barbara Stanwyck movie, the snake pit. Oh, there was a snake. Oh, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know that. But that's, that's I knew a great that, movie. I know that. Yeah, one of the treatments. You know, before they did the shock treatments and the lobotomies and all, they tried all different things. And there was one where they would have kind of a pit, like a b big bathtub filled with snakes, and they'd throw a patient <laughs> in there, and they'd come out, and they say, "Well, I'm, maybe that works." That motherfucker's all calm down now. You know, yeah. it's like <laughs> fucking traumatized for life. You know, from exactly. Being yeah, that, no trouble. No, that's a that movie with Barbara Stanwyck from the forties, and 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 she's in an asylum, and uh -huh. she's she's crazy, and there is a snake pit, and you know it, it's crazy. I have to watch it. Yeah, yeah. They used to do stuff. I mean, Fr Francis Farmer, the actress Jessica Lange played her in a in a movie one time. Wrote a, wrote a book about her life, and they used to put people in tubs of ice. Oh, yeah. Okay, blocks yeah. of ice and leave you there like for the whole night. Yeah, it's crazy, you know. It's yeah, yeah. You know, but but I, I gotta mention now, Snake Pit Therapy. You also released a book recently this year. Uh, okay, yeah. and it's a book of your 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 memories, your life memories, your stories, and some poetry. And yeah. you you sent me a copy of that, and I loved it, man. And uh, it's it's out on Far West Press. If anybody wants to check it out. Uh, pick up that book. It's still available, right? Yeah, they can get it from Far West, and it's also available on um, Amazon. And uh, yeah, right. like I, I was, I had the album title, and then this the publisher, a guy named Willie, he wanted to put out the book, and then I was asking the label, you know, would it be smarter, um, proper to to name the album and the book the same title? So they thought it would be kind of a cool cross promotional thing you know so that yeah. both have the same title yeah yeah maybe they'll both you know people will look at it, they'll get both you know I, yeah. I gotta i gotta get that book man i didn't even know that yeah i'll show it to you rob it's very cool and um, i don't see that one thing i wanted to if you don't mind talking about the book for a second sonny sure, sure um one thing that i really loved in the book and i wish you could expand on it more later on or at some point is your relationship with Bobby Stinson. Oh, dude, I, I could write five books, you know, with, I, 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 with... I, and, you, and you kind of, you know, you said that in the, in the book, you said you had so oh. many memories of the guy. And, yeah. but I mean, the, 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 the chemistry you guys had playing, I wish I was, I wish I had seen it. Uh, I mean, it just seemed like you guys were, were meant to play together. It was a kind of a, a beautiful disaster, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I love I, I loved Bobby dearly, but he, you know, you had you know love for the guy because he was such a such a naughty kind of troublemaker. You know, we we all we had a band, and there was one kid in the lineup for a while, and he was from Minnesota. So when I lived right. in Minnesota for some years, and he was a kid that when he was in high school, he took out his pocket knife and carved into the school desk, the replacements, you know, yeah, great. And, and so, yeah. So you could imagine 
like when he finally got in a band with me and Bobby, you know, and Bobby being from the replacements, this kid was like over the moon. But um, eventually the kid said, I can't be in this band. I can't play with Bobby. It's driving me crazy. Everything's insane, you know. And so he, he went from, you know, being like the biggest fan on earth to like being destroyed practically. So we went to therapy together. The band um, was like before Metallica thought of it, you know, it was like way yeah, yeah, yeah. long ago, but that didn't really help. What What happened was we were trying to like help Bobby become a different person but in the process we were all becoming bobby you know yeah. just kind of... his personality <laughs> his personality took over right <laughs> oh god yes that band was called the model prisoners am i correct <laughs> well we had we have different kind of formations we had a thing called shotgun rationale for a while uh-huh. and um then we we in the middle of that it was called model prisoners for a while there was a time when when i was living in this loft in uh in St. Paul, which is right next to Minneapolis. And yeah. I had Cheetah on the phone. And uh Cheetah Chrome. Yeah. And um, you know, Cheetah, you know, like wasn't it wasn't doing much at the time. So I said, Well, why don't you come on out here and we'll put a real wild show together with you know you, <laughs> me, and Bobby and a couple yeah. other dudes. So Cheetah flew out there and it was weird because Bobby the whole time, you know, between when we agreed and Cheetah was preparing to come to Minnesota. Bobby, um, Bobby was going. What kind? What kind of guitar does he play? And then what kind of what gauge strings does he use? And what kind of plectrum does he? And I was going, Bobby. You know, it was like he wanted to know everything. And Bobby has such an odd sense of humor. We're in when Cheetah arrived. We're in the studio, and there's Bobby. There's Cheetah. And I said, um, uh, Bobby Stinson. This is Cheetah Chrome. And Bobby looked at Cheetah and said, Bend over. Like that, oh, you know. Shit. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> yeah, and like, but Cheetah loves that kind of humor, so oh, yeah. they got along. Yeah, like, they got along. They got along famously. Hey, and, Sonny, let me ask you a question. Do you ever play at First Avenue? Yeah, sure, I did. Yeah, in fact, That's his, I've been there a few times because I was I stayed in Minnesota for two years. I used to go to the um, the Metrodome, and I used to see the Vikings and the huh? Twins play in there. And oh, I yeah. went to First Avenue a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah, I played there, played the main room, and there was also, there was a little club attached called 7th Street Entry, and so, yeah, played there a number of times, it's great. Yeah, yeah. That was was Prince's old place. Yes, it's what made him famous, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Prince, yeah. You know, know, when I was reading your book, it struck me how much uh, Minneapolis, you know, affected you, in a good way, okay, as far as. (laughs) creativity and playing in these bands but one thing you mentioned is when you first got there you got to see who's good do and uh who's could do is a a great band and i i I gotta ask you on this new album how much of an influence was who's could do because in in the in the opening of the end of light i'm hearing just who's could do all over that what do you think it's it's not really because like if 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 you go to my music like with testers before who's who's do were even in their diapers we had you were doing riffs you know (laughs) yeah you were doing that yeah yeah so we we had it's it's kind of weird because like um i remember when i played with scotty ashton from the stooges and his brother produced one of my albums and like sometimes people assumed that i had a also had a stooges influence but i said to 
I said to those guys, when you guys were teenagers, what did you listen to? And it was the same stuff I listened to, like the Dave Clark Five, the Stones, the 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 Kinks, the right. Yardbirds, you know. And then from all that, they came to their music. And I, ca I came from the same kind of listening, a little bit different because I'm from New York. So I, I saw the Fugs when I was a kid, you know, and <laughs> stuff like that. So, yeah. but I, I never like, like, I think I had already recorded a couple of albums worth of material before I even heard like the Velvet Underground or the Stooges. You yeah, know? So, you know, and I, I have to I have to apologize because I've made that mistake with you a couple of times. But the, the thing is, is I don't know what it is, Sonny. You seem so young to me. Okay, <laughs> it's like I, I almost like I feel like I'm talking to a guy that's my age or maybe a little bit older, but not that you're old, but I'm just saying you, you were doing that stuff at, at a parallel time as them pretty much or, or even before. You yeah, know, before, so it's, definitely it's, before. Before who's could do? And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but but it, it it can go that way if you're if you're still a little bit unknown and under under the radar. Like I remember when it came out with my first album, someone up in Canada reviewed it and said, you know, and he assumed we were a fresh, young, brand new group. And he wrote an enthusiastic article and he said, "These guys are so hot, and they really capture that '77 sound." Some you, you were there in '77. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I captured it. I was like, you know, doing it you're back. Part of it, part of it. Yeah, uh, yes, you so. know, but you're in a unique, uh, you're in a unique place, really, because you, you're kind of you're not as well known as as some of the other '70s bands of that era, and yeah. and but but at the same time, you were there, and you were. Uh, you know, doing very similar stuff and even originating some of that sound. Okay. And yeah. then you're still kind of in that unknown area. So it sounds fresh every time, you know, and I, I've gone back and I've, I've, I've really over the last couple of weeks when we talked about doing this show today, I went back and I listened to a lot of your stuff and uh, you really, you really were ahead of your time. And I got to tell you, it's, it's true. And, I, but you don't seem to get, a lot of that credit. How well, do feel, yeah, how that, do you feel about that? Do you, do you, do that, you feel you that should? Can or? That can happen. I mean, when we first, when we were playing Max's and CBGB's, like our music um, was a bit darker than the other bands. Like we, yeah. um, it wasn't like something warm and fuzzy that you could wrap your arms around and feel good. You know, it was yeah. like, you know, some of the great groups, you know, um, that I love still had kind of joy rock rock away beach you know and right. stuff like that you know get off of the phone no right. home, you know it's right. like we had like you know a song called it's all it, it's only death you know it's like <laughs> awesome. And, awesome. so we were a bit darker and we're into more maybe more like serious uh content you know yeah yeah uh, later you know later on in my career i said well you know maybe i should write a song about falling in love you know so i did go into different um, areas of expression, but the early testers stuff was, you know, and the people around us were saying like, uh, you know, hey, why don't you slow it down? Why don't you, um, you know, make it a little more radio, you know, like friendly. radio friendly. And so that's why later when the hardcore scene started, I could really relate to the attitude. It'd be like going to like, you know, one of the hardcore bands and say, well, maybe you could put more melody here, or make it a little no. slow down. And no. make, you know, did you ever hear Blondie? You know, it's like that, you know? So we were sticking to our guns and didn't care what anybody said. And, and I think for 
people that discover the music, they can hear that in the music, that kind of commitment, you know, and we didn't, you know, plan it that way. It's just how we were, you know? Yeah. And that's another example of what I'm saying, how you were a little bit ahead of your time. You know, you had those darker themes when nobody else was doing that. Yeah. And I mean, it's not, not like I'm putting down Blondie. I mean, if I'm in a supermarket no. and I hear a Blondie song, that, you know, so yeah. It, yeah. Um, but we just had our own thing that was, was different from a lot of the other things going on you do, know? do you think that your your darker sensibilities in your writing you think that had anything to do with being like huge velvet underground fans um no because i hadn't heard the velvet underground till after testers even broke up so really yeah okay. i i i was um i was from like westchester and a lot of the kids in new york city like uh i don't know like intellectual families and had like a broad experience of having music introduced to them you know and like yeah. the velvet underground was a band that anyone had heard of them you know where i was kind of from some crummy home life and then i was a street kid and i never heard the I hadn't heard the Velvet Underground until way after testing. They were broke. too artsy, too artsy for you in the beginning. Well, I hadn't. I just hadn't heard. Yeah, them you really. weren't I mean, exposed I, to it. I, yeah. I had one. I actually been to the factory when I was thirteen, but I still hadn't heard the Velvet Underground. So, um, I, uh, you know, but later when I heard them, I, I discovered a kinship. You know, I heard them and I loved them. And actually, Mo Tucker, she produced one of my albums. And, right, you you, uh, play, you played with it too, right? Yeah, yeah, we toured with Mo for nine years, wow. and Sterling Morrison joined the band, and uh, me and Sterling used to, you know, share share hotel rooms together because Mo wouldn't have single rooms because she was just that she was a good, you know, drill sergeant. Yeah, and, um, yeah. we um, we you know, it was say Sterling, tell me what it was like, you know, to have like a cool, popular band in New York City in the 60s and you know he would just tell me it's kind of like these days when say oh i wish i had been in the middle of new york you know it's like they they really think it would have been cool for them when i heard the 60s stories from sterling they were very very interesting and enlightening not quite what you thought <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of stuff was shocking but a lot of it was um Interesting, you know, cool stories, cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and I'm a big Velvet Underground fan, and I know a lot of those stories. I've read them in books and stuff. And, I mean, they really had a hard time, you know, with shows and, you know, being accepted. And, it, it you know, it took a lot of years, really, for that to all come around. Oh, definitely. Um, what, one, of my, one, of my, uh, one of my cool experiences, which is, you know, really cool in some ways and almost humbling for me was that um when we were playing with mo and sterling morrison was in the band we did some velvet underground songs and mo sang them and there was one song that sterling was playing like he hadn't played the song for years and i we were in the hotel room i said hey sterling you know i think it was pale blue eyes or something i said you're playing that song wrong from how it is how you did it on the album he goes no it's not true man what are you saying and i sat on the <laughs> sat on the corner of the bed and showed him on the original so for me it was kind of like saying hey Jimi hendrix you're playing purple haze wrong you know, like, <laughs> it was really an honor you know yeah yeah now 
getting back to the new album. All right. It's been described as 15 tracks of electrifying shock treatment with catchy primal screams and searing melodies. My question, Sonny, is there a ballad on the album? (laughs) Uh, Let me think. Yeah, there are. There's a couple. There's a couple of ballads. Yeah. Okay. Yep. A couple of ballads on there. Like, uh, yeah. Ruby what, what, What is it? Because I haven't heard the whole thing. Ruby Diamond, maybe? Ruby Diamond is more like a weird lost in space kind of song there's one called uh can absorb and that can't was um, see that oh, i like yeah. that title i also like the higher than charlie higher than charlie is uh that's a good title yeah it's, it's a little bit based on charlie manson <laughs> oh <laughs> <It's, shit. laughs> well didn't you didn't be... you didn't you play with charlie manson's uh guitarist or something bass yeah guitarist slash bass player that was weird because i was wow. out in i was out in la putting a group together with a drummer from Minnesota. We drove from Minnesota to LA and um, we tried out all kinds of people. And um, we, we found this one guy, he looked kind of more like a student or something and yeah. uh, really super nice guy, but could play, you know, insane. And so we were walking around in LA and his, his name was Ernie Knapp. And uh, I said, Ernie, what was it like out here in LA when all that Charles Manson stuff was going on? And he goes, well, I played in Charles Manson's band. And I said, what? Oh. And I said, "What? tell me about it. And he said, well, you see that restaurant over there is kind of like a Danny's. He goes, that, that, that machine that gives you the newspaper? He goes, I hadn't seen Charlie in a while since I played with him. And one day when I went to get my breath, I grabbed a newspaper. It was a full frame picture of Charlie on the front of the New York, of LA Times. And he After said, the murders. yeah, and he was very shocked. So... I mean, Ernie, because he was quite a bit older than me, and um, he was one of the first surfers out in Los, Los Angeles. Because, really? yeah, he explained to me how the surfing came from the whole Hawaiian people and the Hawaiian scene, and then kids had been to Hawaii and saw these guys surfing, and it, it leaked and, and was brought over to LA. And he was in one of the first of, you know, first in LA and the other weird thing about Ernie was he played bass in the Beach Boys for a year and a half well yeah there's that Manson Beach Boys connection that some people might not be aware of yeah yeah that's kind of weird because uh that is very weird because like he didn't have that connection the same one with you know Dennis Wilson he just happened to have played with Charlie Manson and then later was on bass when when Brian couldn't do the tour so right right yeah so what was it was it mike was it mike love the connection with everybody there like he was more tight with man so what right for a while no, no that was dennis the drummer oh, it was dennis it was dennis yeah, he, okay he picked up some girls hitchhiking and brought up yes. the house that's right oh charlie was at the house and in the end of it dennis got all scared you know of course you know because everything weird was happening sure sure wow so um can we can we expect a tour? Can we expect a tour when, when this album comes out? Oh uh, yeah, I suppose sometime. Yeah, it's we're still kind of. I know, know you're feeling it out with COVID, but but uh, still feeling it out yeah. and seeing seeing what's going on. So at some point, you know, I'm probably gonna do some shows. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we definitely yeah. would want to yeah, see that. You know, you got to play Bowery Electric or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I played there some years ago, and that was fun. That's cool. That's cool. 
So, uh, Sonny, how long did it take you? Because this album got like 15 tracks, which is a lot. It um, it it took it took a while. I think about a month or two. But um, I had I was living in Holland, and I had had wow. to fly over to North Carolina because my family was in an accident. So I was taking care of my grandson for like five years. And I didn't do any music during that time. I, I became, you know, I was like taking him to Boy Scouts, taking him to treatments, taking him to the hospital for surgeries yeah. and just devoted my whole life and time to that. And um, at one point I started to kind of lose my compass. I was thinking, Jesus Christ, I'm sort of like a soccer mom now. I'm not like a you know, <laughs> musician anymore, you know, but um, he, he got more, he got healed up and more resilient. And I, I decided to get back you know, working on some music. So once doing the album, you know, I realized that it was kind of an album that represents a re-emergent, you know, emergence from, you know, having a break. And uh, it, it went, it went really quite fast. Okay. So tell us about the video for uh, the end of light. Okay. Cause I'm just curious. It's very dark. It's it is very dark. And uh, it seems like you, you know, you're trying to, get over something that's happening in the video or just in the way that you, you are, there's like a guy in chains and there's like a scene in the train station. Where, where, where did you film the video? Sonny, can you, can, can you hear me? Can, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You sound fine. You sound fine. Okay. Yeah. The, the video, um, there was a guy who made another video like he, he didn't even ask me and um suddenly a, a video popped up on uh on youtube and it was this song called clouds and right. on that song um i recorded that song in belgium and it has uh rat scabies from the damned on drums and it's right. got um glenn matlock from the sex pistols on yep. bass and so suddenly there was a video on youtube with with um imagery and he made this video called clouds and i really liked it and you know he, he wrote me a message and i said yeah i really think it's good and then once i finished the album i said hey maybe you'd like to make a video for this song and so he did it's a guy that lives in hamburg germany and oh. i lived i lived there for quite some time so I, I had some connections and stuff and i i guess i had run into him here and there and he made the video Okay, so you filmed it in Germany. No, he, he filmed in Germany, and I did some filming here in the States and sent it to him. Ah, oh, and, and he so, edited. Yeah, okay, I got yeah, you. So he did gotcha. most, he did the editing. And, and we just finished another video for another song from the album, which is like way different from that one. This one is like kind of shocking and insane. But um, what song you know, is that? It, the, the the it's called stick s-t-i-c-k okay. yeah it's the first yeah, track on the album yeah yeah it's the opening track to the album yep. stick yep. okay yeah excellent that, that when will we see that possibly when will that um, that's going to be out that's going to be out in uh either july or august there's going to be two more videos stick and then can absorb will come out um just before the album's released and uh yeah so and everybody will get to see those two videos and then cool. the album will be available. All right, cool. All right, Sonny, I want to thank you for coming on. Okay. And I'd like to uh, definitely, you know, keep in touch with me. Let me know when, when these other videos are coming out, we'll put them up on the pages and sure. uh, 
And let's uh, let's tell the folks out there how to get the album because you can pre-order it. Uh, yes. It's on Svart, S-V-A-R-T, records.com. You can pre-order it. And from what I'm saying, it looks like it's on CD and vinyl. Am I correct? Yeah, black vinyl with an uh, eight-page booklet. And a booklet. Yeah. And colored vinyl, too, or just, just regular black vinyl? It's going to have translucent blue vinyl. Cool. But you, you, can buy, you can buy the CD or the vinyl, and you can also get the vinyl like in a bundle with the book. Oh, okay. And what we got some pictures. What do you got? Like lyrics? What do you have in the booklet? In the the booklet, um, yeah, it's got pictures. It's got all the lyrics. It's got who plays on what and where we mm-hmm. where we did it. You know. All right. Cool. Cool. Any oh. new book coming out? Maybe Snake Pit Therapy Part Two. More stories. Far West. You know, they book. It's kind of small and easy to get through it. And um, oh, yeah. His concept is that people can just stick that in their pocket. And, and just... I, I did <laughs> on, the, on the subway for a week. I read it. <laughs> cool, cool, man. Yeah. Um, and so, so he, there was a limitation of how many stories he could put in it because it was a format that he kind of, um, that's their, their kind of, you know, their idea. And, um, but I suppose he'll put one out because I got tons more stories. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. And if people want to find you, on social media, what are your handles? Like, you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think on Instagram it's Sonny Vincent seventy seven, something like that. And yeah. on um, yeah, on um, you know, on Facebook it's just Sonny Vincent. And um, yeah, they can they can find me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sonny, I'm gonna put a link to that fantastic video you put on YouTube, The End of the Light. So a lot oh, of yeah. people can see that. So I'm definitely gonna link that. And I'm going to link a lot of your social media. I'm going to link the uh, things so people can pre-order this great album that you got coming out. Oh, man. Excellent. Thanks a Excellent. lot. Yeah, and it really, it really is. I'm not just saying that. Every year for the last two years since we've been doing these shows, we've done like uh, at the end of the year, we do like a record of the year. And I pick like my favorite new album of the year. And I got to say right now, you're number one. So you're going to hang well, on there for six more months. All right. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And, you know, since since you guys are brothers and so cool, if you promise not to leak this out, I'll send you the rest of the songs by email. I will not leak. I will not leak them out. I will treasure them, man. Thank you. Because I will will be going going against my contract if I leak them out because they they're kind of serious about the campaign. You know, one thing comes out. Yeah, we won't we won't put them out, but I will be listening to them. I promise. Okay, cool. We get a lot of music sent to us and we haven't leaked anything out. But this is what I want to ask you. On September 17th, will it be possible for you to maybe sing one of the song on a podcast uh maybe yeah <laughs> i think so i think i could could maybe do that let's uh could we let's do like maybe like it. a little video maybe an acoustic kind of thing or something simple that that could that's possible man let's let's uh, talk let's, about it more uh, yeah yeah we'll talk about because i'd love to have you you playing your instrument and just being you and i think it'll be fantastic and people would see yeah we've done that about. a couple of times yeah we, we did that not too long ago um, also, fan everybody, July seventh is your birthday, Sonny. So I just want to wish you a happy birthday. It's a week from today, right? Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, happy birthday. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Robert All right. and Mike. Okay, so thanks for coming on, and everybody, go to SpartRecords.com, pre-order that, uh, and we're going to be in touch, and we're going to keep putting out information on this album, and uh, I can't wait to hear the whole thing. So send it to me. <laughs> I will. I will. 
All right. You take care of yourself now, son. Take care, guys. Thanks, man. Okay. You too. Have a great one. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Have a great summer. Bye-bye. Thank you.